Hey friend, April here. If your email box is anything like mine, it is full of lots of holiday specials and Black Friday deals, and I get it. It is so tempting to buy all of this stuff. But what if instead you decided to invest in yourself? Because one of the most important businesses to invest in today is yours. So what if you decided to upgrade your skills and invest in marketing tools for your business? designed to help you save time and actually scale your business and get more clients. Well, listen up. I have a great deal for you. It's happening at aprilmeese.com forward slash BF21. Just like Black Friday 21, you can find the link in the show notes and we are having 40 to 50% off all of the done for you beauty graphics and all of the done for you beauty videos to help you get more clients, get more engagement, and most of all, save you time. So check it out. It's a flash sale. It won't be for very long. Check it out at aprilmeese.com forward slash BF21. Hello, everyone. We're so excited you're here. We are talking about practice tips and tools for improving your skills. This is going to be lots of fun because I always love to hear about like some good tools, right? Don't you love to hear about little nifty gadgets that can make your life better and make your skills better so that you can get more clients? So we're going to be talking about that today. Yes. And when I was thinking, you know, what could I add that, you know, I haven't talked about? And I think what I would like to just add in, but I'm going to bring it in, is when we're talking about practicing your marketing and... I know it sounds silly, but practicing your intro and talking to people, because so many times we might meet people at a conference or we might meet people at a party or church or, you know, any type of, you know, activity. And of course, somebody's going to say, what do you do? And usually we just give them our title of what we do and then they don't really know. And so they don't want to ask questions and it really doesn't help them and it doesn't help you. So if you can, in your introduction of yourself, if you can say who you serve and how you help them in a way that makes people want to lean in and say, oh, that's interesting and not, and try to practice your introduction without using the actual words of like permanent makeup or eyelash extensions. Instead of using the titles, try to use words that talk to or speak to the transformation. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what everyone's wanting, right? The vehicle is just the skills or the service that you offer to get them to the transformation, but they really want that transformation, that solution to feel better. So try practicing your introduction and maybe even just try with some friends and just say, I know this is going to sound weird, but I just need to practice. And I know you think, well, I'll just practice in my head. But sometimes, you know, you have it perfect in your mind. And then when you try to, get your words to come out. They don't come out. And you know, it doesn't, the brain doesn't cooperate with the mouth. So really practice actually speaking it out loud to someone. And that would be my tip for helping you talk about your business. And then when you introduce yourself in that way and talk about your business, they're going to say, Oh, that's interesting. I might know of somebody that would like to have that service, or I would like to have that service. When you talk about the benefits and not just the title, who you help and how you help them. Okay, I'll turn it over to Vicky. I love that. Would you suggest recording yourself or not record yourself? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because anytime you try to record yourself, there's a little bit of a pressure, pressure's on moment. And that's what you really need because when the pressure is on, that's when 
the brain and the mouth don't, you know, cooperate together, right? You have it perfect in your mind, but then in that moment of pressure, it doesn't come out right. So if you record yourself, you're kind of giving yourself a little bit of pressure and it makes you think faster on your feet. So practicing is key. And so recording yourself, absolutely. You know, when I record myself, April, whenever I'm getting like, and my team asks me to do a 20-second video to the camera. So I do a 20-second video, then send it back and say, can I have a little bit more life in it, Karen? Can I have a little bit more passion? But you know what? Sometimes you think you've got a lot of passion, but then when you listen back to what you're saying, it can feel quite flat. So yeah, I actually agree that like recording yourself and just listening back and it's like, wow, yeah, I do feel flat. And it's not until somebody says, no, let's try again, Karen. You, you've got a lot more personality than what you've sent me. So I'm like, yep, I'll try again. I'll be a little bit more natural. And sometimes, guys, you do actually feel it quite faint when you're speaking uh, or if you're not used to speaking. So just be yourself as well. Don't be fake. Yeah. And there's actually an expression, you know, before you go on, like before I went on um, Dr. Oz's show, you know how there's that expression that the camera adds 10 pounds. Well, they actually tell you backstage that the camera actually sucks 50% of your energy. So you think you're being exciting and you almost feel like you're being over the top, but it really comes across as just a little bit excited, which is good. So you think you're being, and and they, they say like in your mind, you should pretend like you are the host of the party where you're like, hello, I'm excited that you're here. You feel like you're being like way over the top. And it's really like, hello, I'm excited that you're here. It doesn't come out as excited. So true that when you do things, you do want to put a little bit of extra energy into it so that it comes through the camera. So yeah, that's totally true, Karen. if I didn't talk about my flipping amazing breast molds that I create and I absolutely love them and the thing with the breast molds is the skin on the breast molds are set to a certain thickness so if you go through the skin you're going too deep and this is why they're so brilliant but the skin is made by real skin and anybody who's used real skin knows how realistic they are. They are soft. They just mimic the skin so beautifully. And the good thing about them is if you don't do areola work, that's cool. We use them for training on brows. We use them for 
learning to do ombre brows. The way the skin works, it feels really realistic. And I think the more you practice, the better you get. And the better you get, the more confidence you have to say yes to other things. The thing with the skin on the breast molds that I find is that when we work on real skin, human skin, especially with medical and areola, the redness of the body comes through. So you can be fooled to think that you're getting all the color in. And that's what's so good about the breast molds and the fake skin is that if there's something you're missing, you can see it exactly really well. Also with the breast mold, if it's eyebrows, if it's lips, if it's eyeliner, if it's areola, the the skin is not going to go old and funky or anything. You can just put it in a display unit and you can just show people how great you are. Can I just Uh, add something, Vicky? I just thought about that. You know, when you it's so true because the breast mold, I never thought about practicing a brow on it, but that is a brilliant idea because the face isn't flat, right? And so that's a great idea of, you know, getting that roundness of the breast mold and practicing an eyebrow. I totally love that idea. And even lips. Yeah. You know what as well, Vicky, is like you've got your hand, what's like curving around like a brow bow and it's not flat. Like a piece of that, you can get real skin and it's flat to the surface, but it's just like you can curve your hand around and, and you're going over those contoured areas. And so it's, it's perfect. But I would actually say as well, rather than just having your breast mold in front of you, um, put your breast mold and if, if it's a lip or if it's an eyebrow, just place it there as if it's your client on your bed. So if it's your right, if you've got two breast molds, one's the right brow and one's the left brow, if you're using them for brows, and then you walk around the bed and you tattoo like, or you draw them on your brows and you tattoo around your bed like you would actually do your clients, not just have them on a table in front of you. Can I also say, I forgot to mention this, what is really good about the breast molds as well is because they're like soft silicone, they're like the really soft, like a real breast. You know what, Vicky, I love that you can get the additional skins and they're so thin as well. Like you say, that with all our students, uh, we can just t- test the pressure because also with those skins, once you put the skins onto the mould, um, this is Vicky's breast mold skins, when we're watching our students' pressure, that if you lift it up and there's any pigment or any tattoo on the breast mold, you could just see the pressure's far too strong, pressure's far too hard. Um, and it, I love how you can get the interchangeable ones. So, best thing ever, Vicky. Hey, if, any, if anybody ever uses them Betty Eds or any other, like, 3D practicing mats, and sometimes they can be a little bit flat, and they don't move because they're, like, flat to the skin. If you've got, like, a little beanie bag, you know when you get them little beanie bags and you put them in the microwave or, the, like, the circular ones, and you put them, like, to heat up any areas if you've got any back pain? Well, because like little beanie bags, they will just move. So rest your practice skins as well on them. And, and it does, you can actually get that like tilting 45 degrees on you. All right. Awesome. So I'm going to go back to a marketing tip because we're talking about practicing tips and tools. And we're talking in the treatment room, but I'm also going to take it outside of the treatment room and talk about practicing doing video. Now, you know that 2021, 2022, and all the years following, it's the year of the video. (laughs) It's not going anywhere. In fact, as you remember, Instagram 
announced earlier this year that it will no longer be a photo sharing app, that it is moving towards video to compete with TikTok and YouTube. If you look at the top downloaded apps for the year 2021, out of the top 10 apps, they show that eight out of the 10 are video platform apps. So this includes TikTok and Instagram, and actually HBO was on there, YouTube was on there. They're all video sharing platforms. So video streaming is not going anywhere. And I know that brings up all kinds of you know thoughts and doubts and wanting you to go hide in, under a duvet cover and freak out. But really, if you practice it, just like anything, you can get better. In fact, I have students that were extremely camera shy and then were able to do video and to also see that their business would get more clients, right? Because you can connect through video. So my practice tip for video is to go live in a small group. Maybe you could even set up a Facebook group where it's just you and you know your mom that maybe doesn't come on Facebook or a friend that doesn't really log on or you and your business account. You just need two people to really set up a group and you can go practice going live in that group. My second thing for you to practice is practice on Instagram stories. The great thing about Instagram stories, first of all, you can always delete it. So if you decide you don't want to keep it, you can delete it, but I encourage you to not delete it. The other thing is it's only there for 24 hours and that they're short videos. So you only have to you know, do a 15 second video on Instagram stories. And it's an easy way to start practicing your introduction, right? So practice your introduction, but practicing the video. And then it's only there for 24 hours and it goes away. Gives you a chance to get some of the nerves out and start practicing talking to your audience and showing up because that your face on camera is going to build rapport with your audience faster than anything. And of course we know Rapport builds trust, and we are in the trust business. We're not in the beauty business. We are in the trust business. People are trusting us with their face, and we need to really convey the value of our services through video and build that trust and connection. Okay, over to Vicky. I like what you say, April, you know, put it up there, but it's real. It's going to step. Mind you, I can always delete it. Um, April, they don't like it when you delete things, do they, Instagram? Yeah, they don't like a lot of things, but you know, the algorithm is getting so hard that it is really only favoring creators, which are people that it's almost like their full-time job to just create so much content. So if that's the case, you know, you can get a little bump in reach to your audience. It's not going to make major waves, but you do get a little bump in audience reach. If you're constantly deleting things, they don't love that. But if it's if you do it once or twice, it's fine. Oh, they let me off. I'm allowed a few mistakes. Yeah. Worth mentioning again, the same thing is true with cleaning up your email list. Because if you have people on your email list, and just like if you have people that are following you on social that are not really real, but if you have people on your email list that have not opened an email in, I mean, for me, it's going to be at least three months, but you might do six months. If they haven't opened an email in six months, then you really should in my opinion, delete them. They're probably not getting your emails anyways or not interested. And they can re-sign up down the road. But all of those non-opens actually hurt your score. And platforms like you know Google and Gmail and things like that, the more bounces you get or people not opening, the lower your score goes down. And your emails, they end up in the promotions box. 
So then for the people that actually were getting your emails, stop getting your emails because you basically have a lower score. So I'm with you. Cut the slack, get them off. Don't worry about the vanity numbers. Somebody says, don't worry about the count, worry about the commas, just worry about the buyers basically is the idea on that. And I'll pass it back over to Vicki. I've got a few more, but um, I think it's really important to draw, to practice drawing is so good. And I'm sure Karen will agree with this anyway. I think the more you draw, the more you practice. Whenever you get chance and you're on your own, don't just go straight to your phone. I think it's quite good if you're waiting for a client or anything, just practice your hair stroke, practice your hair patterns, because the more you practice, the more it creates muscle memory and, and the more naturally it flows. So that's my next tip. I completely agree, Vicky. Your best friend is a piece of A4 paper. And then start from the top and work to the bottom and just keep doing those eyebrows or those lips. Just keep practicing. But it's probably like you've just said, it's not just, um, yeah, number one, you can be doodling, but just look at photographs. Just have a look even at other people's work, blow other people's work up and just look what they've done. If you, if you admire the work, just look and think details and break it down. Because every artist will never just like, just look at a picture and draw it. Every artist will actually have, where they'll break it down into different sections and draw one section and then just keep layering colour in there. Um, Get some magazines, get any eyebrows off the internet and just look what you can see. That's how I taught myself eyebrows 25 years ago when everything were nowhere near like it is now. I just like, Looked in magazines, drew, drew what I saw. The first time I did a set of brows for a guy probably 20 years ago, I just looked and think, how does brows that how does that guy's eyebrows go? And I just kept drawing them and I'm thinking, wow, they're completely different to ladies, they're much more messier, and that's all I were doing. But when I do guys' eyebrows, when I'm drawing on paper and when I'm actually <laughs> to start with on skin, I'll draw with my eyes closed and I draw them because if I don't draw them right with my eyes closed especially guys brows find that I can get them too neat too perfect so I just draw my eyes closed I just draw with my pencil very lightly so you know when you've got your pencil in your hands guys and you're working with it like a pen so like a writing pen completely do the opposite just have your pencil in your hand and pretend it's like a chopstick and you're just moving it up and down like a chopstick very light. Don't even feel that you're holding that pencil. Don't hold it. Just rest it on your fit on your thumb. Just put your first finger and rest it on your thumb as if it's like a chopstick. You're moving it up and down, and you're just wiggling it around. Um, that will give you far more natural strokes if you're doing guys. Um, if you're drawing on paper, or even if you're drawing on skin. Moving on from what Vicky said as well about drawing is that. Don't ever underestimate drawing on faces because the hardest thing is in permanent makeup is actually drawing eyebrows and getting symmetry in eyebrows and drawing on faces because nobody's face is symmetrical. One side will be flatter than the other. One side's more curved. One side's more forward than what the other side is um, on most people. And... And one side will be shorter and the other side can be longer. And you'll hear everybody saying, well, this is my favourite eyebrow. And everybody's always got a favourite side. So just drawing eyebrows and looking, getting your eye, like focusing on what the difference is, 
is a massive difference. And what will happen there that when you're drawing on clients and say you're doing it every day, you're doing a set of brows every day, if you're not in clinic working every day, you're drawing on somebody, whether it's your husband, whether it's your daughter, your best friend, whoever you're seeing every day, you're drawing. And what will happen? You'll get to a stage where you'll be able to draw really quickly. When I'm in clinic now, I'm like, I want five minutes of drawing. That's where I probably like try to focus myself on. If I if it's taken me 30 minutes to draw my client's brows, I know I've got a problem client. But when you first start, it might take you like 40 minutes, definitely 30 minutes you might leave. But the more you draw, the more you practice, same as anything, the quicker you will get and the more detail you will see where, where your eyebrows are not symmetrical. Let's just say we don't always want symmetrical eyebrows because it might not always be absolutely perfect to the eye, um, but we aim to get them as symmetrical as possible. So drawing on skin is the one of my next tips. Heidi, are you able to talk now? Hi, I'm Heidi. One of the neat things that I've done to practice over the years, because improving my art has been really important to me, is I'm actually a member of a couple of beauty groups on Facebook that are not geared for permanent makeup artists. They're more for just topical makeup. And what I do is I print off pictures that people will always post forward-facing, full-face shots with their makeup pulled back when they're talking about ways that they're applying their makeup. And I will print those pictures off sometimes and practice mapping on those pictures, especially try to find pictures where the women have some asymmetry in their face, particularly their eyebrows. Um, So that that way I get lots of practice putting balance on the face with adjusting the eyebrows because I find my clientele tends to be a little older. And so we get a lot of that asymmetry, especially as the skin changes over the years and everything. That is something that I have done to really improve my drawing and my mapping. I love that, Heidi. Do you have a group that you recommend? I would just go on and just, well, the the group that I'm in is geared more actually towards older women. It would just be a matter of searching beauty groups and finding a group that is geared towards the age group you normally find in your own clientele. Yeah. And I love that it's geared towards older women because, and you're seeing, you know, the makeup that they did, because a lot of times if we pull out magazines, that's how I used to practice and have my students practice on, you know, magazines. It's usually, not always, but a lot of the younger models. Now, I know that's changing some, but that group was probably giving you lots of interesting and different challenges with different faces. Thanks for giving us that point. So normally then, so this, should we wrap up? Yes, we can do. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, Hugs and High Fives. See you next week.